0: I got to do this show like lightning because the Diamondbacks play game three in less than an hour. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises, of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, We cover ASU football, ASU basketball as well, and all presented by... Mooyah Billings, oh, and I forgot, we do it from Big Sky Country. That's what makes us different. <laughs> that, that's thats where the name comes from. And I'm so much in a hurry to uh, get through, get get the show going and, and whatnot that I forgot to say where we're from and what we're doing and, and all that. But, yes, Big Sky Sports Talk, unofficially presented by Muyan Billings. I need to get by there, by the way. Um... Have a birthday shake waiting for me. So um, hopefully it wasn't just for today. Otherwise, I'm I'm screwed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 625. Still um, still my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Thank you for everybody that has sent uh, happy birthday messages. If you still want to send stuff, you can email me, bigskysportstalk at gmail.com shoot me a direct message on um Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and YouTube at Big Sky Sports Talk. And um yeah. So I I appreciate it and and uh um yeah I'm pretty pretty excited. There was a story and I don't know if you felt like I was uh heard me fumbling around the other day um from um Monday's show. Um of I, I Ubered while in Kalispell. And which was interesting especially for for well every one of them but especially for the first couple because it was I, I get into Kalispell at about 7:30, get checked into my hotel and oh and this is cool. Um but just don't tell my mom. Um she doesn't like listen to this and if, if she for whatever reason does decide to dive in it will be months and years down the road um but uh she used to listen on pretty regular basis but she doesn't anymore but anyway um so my mom and my sister as i mentioned back backed out had to back out and um poor planning by me um when you hear this so there's really no excuse but my own um but uh i was expecting you know some of the trip to be Split three ways and whatnot, and I got my Montana um I, license 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 um I was that that's ID and license put together is license, um, and that took a big chunk of what I was going to need to get up there food you know lodging all that stuff. Well, um, the biggest reason why I Ubered was to make extra money to make sure I can get home to be honest with you that that, that's kind of the deal and I get to my hotel and I said hey I need to stay from this day to this day and at first it was like two thirty two forty something and I really only had like 200 right at 200 to at the moment to spend um and they said well check online sometimes online rates and I said it was eighty. 74, 80, no, I think it was 84 a night. And then I found, you know, I showed them the picture and they said, all right, we can match the lowest of 64. And they said, how would this do? I said, yeah, that'll work. And they said, how about this? And uh, it was like 160, basically $15 of taxes and fees. But she charged me 50 bucks a night. So 150 bucks for, you know. The night and then Texas and Visa like one sixty something. I don't know, um, because I told her I was up there. I love you know I love staying at the hotel I stayed at. It's uh, in not the best hotel ever. Um, it actually has the best in it. It was uh, America's best value, um, right there in Calispell. Um, not too far from the church, but um, and you know I told him what I was up there for, and I said told me what was going on that she can tell that i was like oh the price is kind of a little bit higher than what i have and i said this conference is always around my birthday so it's always a good time and da-da. and i didn't mean to throw the birthday card out there on like to get a discount i was just you know being honest if you know me that's how you know how i talk and uh she said, How about this? I said, Oh man, that's great. Thank you so much. She said, Happy birthday. I said, thanks. That means so much. So I check in, I get out in Uber, and I think I made like thirty dollars, which was enough for me to, you know, put more gas in my vehicle because I was running low and on that and you know get something to eat as well. So it was perfect. Um first person I went to, I picked up his girlfriend and i wasn't sure exactly where to go I Was supposed to go to like the um apartment complex um just next to where i went i don't know even where i was parked so i picked up his girlfriend and he said the reason why is he had a couple of drinks he wasn't drunk but it had a couple of drinks and didn't you know want to get and she it was like a two-minute trip is what it was like two or three minutes and I told him he's like, "Hey, I got cash for you and whatnot." And he, I said, sorry, I'm you know I don't even live here. I'm actually in town um, for a conference from my church's conference." He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm at church." And you know, Canvas is such a big church. A lot of people attend. Like it's, you know, about about a thousand or more, um, combined of. Of uh maybe maybe closer to two to four thousand, to be honest. It's probably close about an average of about a thousand per per gathering, and they have four gatherings. So about, about probably about four but anyway, and, and Kalispell is not a huge, huge city. So you mentioned uh Canvas, everybody knows. And this guy said, Yeah, yeah, my my ex wife um goes there and um but now it's kind of awkward and we used to go together and uh, she, uh, she, you know, uh, she's a greeter. And I said, Oh, okay. And I don't know him or his ex-wife because like, though that is my church and I consider every campus, my church, like I, I they're all my home churches, to be honest with you. That's just how I feel. And, uh, and, uh, he said, yeah, my, you know, um, I work I had a food truck or have a food truck or whatever. I'm not sure. I can't, it was had or have. Um, and we, you know, I go up there all the time and, uh, your pastor really loves, uh, um, uh, deep fried Oreos. I said, yep. Yes, he does. And I said, deep fried Oreos and Jeeps. I said, yes, yes. And he was laughing and whatnot. And then, um, I said, well, he said, I really started to go, but like I said, it's just awkward. with My ex wife, I said, if you're fine with the drive, it's twenty minutes down the road. You can go to um, Columbia Falls. We have another campus there. He said, "Oh, do you?" I said, "Yeah." And so I told him about that and and whatnot, and um, you know, told uh, um, uh, Pastor Kevin the next day, and he laughed and he said, "Hey, if he starts coming to Sea Falls, uh, that that you you've met your your four by four challenge." And right, you know, the four by four challenge is, um, the next four months or less than that now, but it started in October, uh, October, November, December, or wait, uh, October, excuse me, uh, September, October, November, and December, um, four months, um, to invite someone and not just invite them, but bring them to church, um, give, of. uh. At least four paychecks to um, to tithe. Just a, a, ch- a challenge to tithe. Um, serve um, at least four um, gatherings, or, or not four gatherings, but four times in four months, and then, um, and then of course, uh, what what is the other one? I don't even have a four by four card on my desk. But anyway, he said that would be for your four by four, and I, you know, uh. I said, yeah, maybe, and um, so anyway, th- there was that, and then um, the next day, um, I did some Ubering before um, before uh, conference started, and um, took someone to the airport, and then um, picked someone up uh, after dropping someone off at the airport, and then took them, I don't know which direction, but it was like, 10-15 minutes to um gosh i can't remember the name of the city uh but a train station is the first person I've, I've picked people up and taken people to the airport all the time but i've never picked pick someone up or took taken them to the train station but when i get there you know i load her bags up and the first thing she says other than hello she says sorry for the smell, I got weed breath. <laughs> and for those that don't know, I shared this on my Snapchat. But for those that don't know, Montana um, uh, weed is a hundred percent legal in in Montana. And um, so that's that's what she said. But the conversation was was good. Uh, I I don't like the smell of of weed on clothing. I like it better than than cigarette smell. It's way better than that. Ten times better. Um, but great conversation and, you know, and, and she tipped me really well and, and so did the person at the airport and whatnot. So just a lot of good successful days, but that was one of the, the two stories that I forgot to mention, um, the other day for Monday's show, um, that I wanted to go ahead and mention here. Um, but other than that, I think that's about it. Um, I don't have anything else. Um, uh yeah, so we got um um s- some Suns. We'll start off with on a uh, Phoenix Suns YouTube page for sound credits. They played last night, and we'll talk about the game and just um the media availability after the game. Um, we have uh Cardinals. Majority of the show is Cardinals. azcardinals.com. I will go ahead and play the Josh Woods, and we're doing both the Joshes: Josh Woods, Josh Dobbs. Um, from uh, today, jo- um, Josh Woods from Monday, uh, Josh Dobbs from today, uh, Amari DiMicardo uh, f- uh, in front of his locker from today, Paris Johnson Jr. in front of his locker today, and then um, Ke- uh, Keetra Clark. Um, and then last but not least, we'll do Jonathan Gannon also from today. Um, so uh, he spoke before practice. Everybody else was was after with the exception of Josh Woods, but I figured I'm like, I'll do all the players that I have available and then end it with JG. Um, And so that that was my thought process. I I think it will flow pretty nicely. And then um, to kind of tee things up and get ready for um, uh, tonight's game against the uh, Dodgers and hoping for a sweep, we have uh, the conversation between... um, Jody Jackson and, and uh, Luke Lipinski, uh from uh, their show today. Um, so, Arizona Sports YouTube page will give us the conversation who has been the most important player for the Diamondbacks so far this postseason. And so, we'll use that to kind of get us jacked up for uh, for the game um, that uh, will start in uh, about 40, uh, 30, 30 minutes. So, I got to get going. Uh, we'll uh, be back with uh, uh, sons up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the moya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Moya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy, Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Mooyah Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Well... um. The Suns uh, had their second preseason game. They're 1-1 and in the preseason right now uh, against the Nuggets, uh, 115-107. Uh, they lost, but it's not a, a, a big deal. Um, like, none of their major players really even played. Uh, so you can be proud of that, and I think a lot of Denver's did. So only lose by a little bit is not too bad. Josh Jacoby led the way with 17 points. He was 7 of 13 from the field. 0 um, of 1 from the line, though. Um, Stra- Strother, <laughs> Julian Strother, 20 points, uh, six or 8 of 12 from the field uh, for uh, Denver. Um, Aaron Gordon, um, 7 rebounds, 6 defensive, 1 offensive. Josh Kogi, 6 uh, rebounds, 5 defensive, and 1 offensive. And then uh, Jamal Murray, uh, 5 assists, 0 turnovers in 18 minutes. That's all already a starter. Um, and Akoge is a starter too, but kind of like a, uh, you know, he would be a backup it anywhere else, I would assume. But anyway, saving lean, nine assists, three uh, uh, turnovers, uh, in 32 minutes. Um, uh, Denver Nuggets, no, let's uh, go with Suns first. Um, the starters were um, Metu with 22, point, uh, 22 minutes, 3 of 7 for the field. from deep, 5 rebounds, and 8 points. Joshua Okokie, 24 minutes, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep. 6 rebounds, 3 assists, um, 17 points. Um, Nurkic uh, did uh, go um, 16 minutes, 1 of 4 from the field, over 3 from deep. uh, 4 rebounds, uh, 2 assists, 10 points. Uh, Grayson Allen... 26 minutes, 4 of 7 from the field, 1 of 2 from deep, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 10 points. And Saban Lee, 32 minutes, uh, 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 2 from deep, 2 rebounds, 9 assists, and 11 points. Drew Eubanks uh, off the bench, bench, 16 minutes, 6 points. Um, uh, Watanabe, uh, I, I said that right the other day, but I can't remember how to say it now um 23 minutes um and 9 points um Bates Diap, 23 minutes, 9 points as well. And this year uh, little 19 minutes, 6 points. Ball ball 15 minutes, uh, 7 points. Eric Gordon, uh, 14 minutes, 9 points, and then Johnson 9 minutes, 5 points. Um Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker all did not play um coach's decision. Um and then for the Nuggets, uh Aaron Gordon, 13 minutes, 0-1 from the field and it was a three-pointer that he took, seven rebounds, uh three assists, no points, uh Drew Holiday, um 19 minutes, uh 20 uh 2 of 6 from the field, 1 of 4 from deep, two, uh two rebounds, one assist, five points. Uh Jokic, 18 minutes, 4 of uh, 11 from the field, over three from deep, three rebounds, two assists, nine points. Jamal Murray, eighteen minutes, five of eleven from the field, one of five from deep, one rebound, five assists, twelve points. And uh, Contavius Caldwell Pope, eighteen minutes, four of seven, three of four from deep, uh, one rebound, one assist, twelve points. Um, and then they had some contributors off the bench, but we're not going to get in there. As Reggie Jackson had pretty pretty good game. Um, and, uh, of course, Strother led the way with 20. Um, so they had a lot of their key guys play. Um, and so to only lose by just just a handful of points is not too bad. Um, Denver, 43 of 91, 47.3% from the field. 16 of 43 from deep. Uh, that's 37.2%. And at the line, 13 of 15, 86.7. Uh, the Suns, 36 of 77. That's 46.8% from the field 14 of 35 40 percent from deep uh 21 of 28 from the field that's 75 percent and then um they out rebounded uh the nuggets 38 to 37 um with seven offensive boards and 31 defensive the nuggets had eight offensive and 29 defensive um nuggets had more assists 32 to 29 more steals 11 to 6 but Suns had more blocks seven to six uh uh, Nuggets had fewer turnovers, 13 to 15. Uh, both teams, however, gave up the same amount of points, 19 points off of turnovers. Fast break points go Nuggets way, 19 to 8. Uh, points of the paint are the same at 44 apiece. And uh, Suns had fewer fouls with 16 to 23, but they did have three technical fouls. Um, they only had a, a lead of five, while the largest lead uh, for the Nuggets was 10. Um here is uh, Frank Vogel, uh, Joshua Kogi, and Saban Lee all spoke to the, the media after the, uh, after the game.
1: Obviously, you, know, you didn't have you know, three guys, but just looking at it through two games, camp, how would you assess the guys picking up the defense? Are they close, not quite there, or ways to go? How would you, how would you assess them?
2: Well, definitely not there. Uh, but definitely picking things up too. You know, it's a new system, uh, defensive system, and um, you know th- this team in particular creates a lot of different challenges. That we have complex layers to our defense that you know we're still in the uh, you know base defense phase. <laughs> so we walked through some, some of the, the the coverages this morning, and um, you know just asked our guys to compete, you know, through those things even though they're new.
1: What are things when you say just maybe even one example of a cover that you saw tonight? And you're like, yeah that right there we can we can get that
2: but right joker now, murray and all that comes along with joker murray
1: yeah you guys were missing some
3: of your primary playmakers out there but how did you like the way that josh and grayson looked when they were on the ball
2: yeah those guys are you know are, are capable ball handlers and grayson in particular you know it's really showing me something offensively um you know especially when those guys are out you know he can really carry the load for us but, you know, we when he is on the backside, you know, with those guys scoring, he's going to really give us a different dynamic. Uh, and J- J- J.O. as well, shooting the ball with confidence from the perimeter, but also uh, attacking and, you know, his ability to use the space that those three guys create, you know, to attack the basket. You know, he's, he's, a, he's an exceptional driver. So um, both of those guys really going to help us offensively.
0: I really do not like Grayson Allen. I, you know – He's, he's always had the narrative of a dirty player everywhere he's been. Um, he He's trying to correct that. He, he said so himself. Um, but, you know, the way to, you know, not have that narrative is not be that. But, you know, big dirty player in college. Uh, he's matured a lot since he's been in the league. Um, but there's not many more players that I dislike more than, than Grayson Allen, except for, um, uh, gosh, his name is screen. His face is in my mind. And gosh, what is his name? Can't stand him. Every time the Suns play him. Um, gosh. And some of you like, Oh, I know exactly who it is. Um, but, everything I've been seeing and hearing from Grayson Allen, he's making me like him and I don't like that, you know, but he's one of those dudes, he's a pest, he's an irritant, um, and he's one of those dudes that you don't like when you're facing him, but when he's on your team, you do like him. Um, uh, but, yeah, just, it, it, and the guy I'm thinking of, he's. I think he's the exception to the rule. Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't like him even if he was on the team, um and for I feel like the Suns would never do it. Um, Patrick Beverly, Pat Bev, yep, he's the, he's the one that that I can't stand the most. Grayson Allen's probably number two or somewhere in there. Um, but he's he's trying to change it. Or is that element for both of
3: them the way that they both kind of put their head down and put some pressure on the rim
2: like that? Yeah, we want we want people to uh to attack the basket. You know, um, guys who can get their paint, draw two to the ball and make the extra pass. You know, we need as much of that as we can.
1: With Bull, I mean, you took him out really quickly after you put him in the
2: third. Like, what was the reason? Yeah, he him? just it, drew you rolled his ankle. You know, he we weren't going to bring him in until about the, the four minute mark and Drew rolled his ankle. The trainer said he wanted to look at him. So we just got got Bowl in for a minute to until we figured out Drew was okay. And then we put, so we put Drew right back in and, uh, kept Bulls regular rotation. Where is, where is that? How
1: do you feel about Bulls' performance tonight even though he was just mostly
2: in the fourth quarter? Really good. I do not like to be behind a back pass turnover. But um you know, the rest of it I thought he really competed and he's gonna be a wild card for us this year, you know, uh you know, someone that can mix pitches and give uh, give opponents a different look and give us a different dynamic.
4: Back to Josh Akogi for a sec. He was pretty aggressive offensively tonight like Joe up. but um, do you feel like he uh, he knows that he's just gotta make it happen when he's got the ball um, out there.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think he's got a good feel for when to do it and when not to do it, right? And, you know, we wanna get as many shots for, for guys like Bill Booker and Duran as we can. Um, you know, but when those guys are out or, or the defense is hugging up on those guys, you know, he, he's gonna be uh, green-lighted uh, to be in attack mode and utilize that space to attack the basket. And obviously with those three guys out, um, you know, everybody had to be a little bit more aggressive. Coach, looking at it. go ahead. I'm sorry,
5: somebody back there. Coach, what did you think of uh, defense on Nurkish? I mean,
2: on Yeah, pretty good. Um, we we got crossed up on some of the 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 Joker um, Murray switches. You know that we want to do, and where and where we want to switch. We have uh, precise rules on that type of stuff. We got crossed off, up on some of that, but. Uh, um, I thought on the ball he really competed against Jokic, and um, what I really liked is that we we able to go back at him on the other end. You know, I think he drew two fouls on him on post-ups, and you know, played a power post game. You know, which is um, you know it's not a Jokic thing; it's a opponent's best player thing. We always want to make the opponent's best player defend on the other end, uh, however that looks. And um, I thought you did a great job of that.
1: i to ask about too and obviously played well at the end of the last game. Gets to start this game, hit a couple threes, got on the boards. What are you? What's your assessment of him? Because when he, you know, when the signing came, it was like, well, he's coming from Sacramento. I'm not really sure. Is he a three, a four, or five? What, what are you gauging with him now that you've had him now for a camp?
2: Yeah, I like his overall game. You know, his floor game, um, the versatility of, of playing the four against bigger teams, which is why we started him tonight with uh, with Jokic and Gordon. You know, it was a, it was a good matchup for him to be in there. And um, you know, the ability to play small ball center, which we haven't done a lot with him yet, uh, but we intend to. And um, I think he's really gonna give us a dynamic uh, there from the standpoint of shooting the ball from uh, from three point line, having a big body to bang with, bang with bigs and uh, something we're definitely gonna explore.
4: How important is it for these guys who would normally be on the second team getting a start and having the ability and the chance to actually play some very valuable minutes in an actual game
2: yeah, it's invaluable. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to earn minutes and um, you know press the coach with what they're picking up with our system. It's a little bit imperfect because a lot of those guys are being asked to do more than they typically are going to be asked asked to do. You know when they're playing with their starters um, or in, in the rotation. But you know it's an it's an opportunity for for them to go and compete. You know and uh, show that they're picking up our system. Thanks, coach. Thanks, yeah.
3: coach. Thanks, coach. Josh. Uh, out there. For you tonight, I know over the summer you worked really hard on your three-point shot. How does it feel to see those results coming early?
6: Uh, it's, it feels good.
7: Um, I mean, It's just getting a rhythm, getting into the season. I know I'm going to be left open a lot, so just concentrating and knocking them down.
3: You're sharing the court with Grayson Allen tonight. You guys both were doing a really nice job of getting into the paint, kind of putting pressure on the rim. How much does that help when you have those type of shooters around you to Open the floor.
7: Yeah, yeah, for sure when you have shooters like that around you, I mean, guys are going to be hesitant to help off of them. So, uh, for me it's not really about the man guarding me, but you know, see, seeing where the help is coming from. So when there's no help, it makes it easier to, you know, attack the basket. But When there is help, it's easy to, to kick out for for a knockdown three-pointer.
8: What's it like at this point in the season when you're trying to not necessarily get down the basics of Frank's scheme, but just have the consistency there every single
7: time? Um right now we're just in a um we're in a point where we're just messing up a lot but I mean that's why we have these preseason games to kind of have live reps of because you know at practice when we do it it's we're going about 75 percent and it's easy because there's people aren't really moving and you know we're repping it out but you know in a game when teams know what you're trying to do and they're trying to like exploit that and then still be able to stick to the principles I think that's the hardest part but like I said that's why we're here that's why we play preseason games to kind of you know right those wrongs but i think we're getting better at them and just you know a lot of people have played in um different teams and even here we played under coach Mont last year so there's a lot of different principles so right now it's just kind of just breaking those bad habits and well not i don't want to say bad habits but breaking the old habits and, and 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 you know getting used to the to the new ones
8: and it's just kind of a moment where it kind of clicks, right? Like, everyone's on the same page, and then all of a sudden, the
7: possibilities kind of expand. Yeah, throughout, especially with fatigue throughout the game. You know, when your instincts come in, you're probably the instincts from another, you know, scheme. So it's trying to just lock in through the fatigue and still do what, you know, coach uh, has taught us this past couple of weeks.
4: Well, without having a big three tonight, the rotation was somewhat a little different than normal. How do you think you guys did with this kind of a mishmash um, Together.
7: I think we, I think we played great. Um, I think we did a good job of attacking, and, uh, kicking out the ball and playing together. I think we could have shored up those turnovers. I don't know how many turnovers we had. We had 15. So that's, and we had a lot of them in the first half. I, I forget how many we had in the first half, but I think if we shore up our turnovers, uh, correct those little mistakes right there, I think we'll be all right. Can you talk
4: about the effort by Bohold tonight? He, I think it was three for four, and uh, one three-point corner he made. Do you know uh, where he got his
7: basketball skills from his father? Uh, I mean, he played well, but everybody knows that, you know, the type of potential Bo has, um, he knows it. So I'm glad he was um, able to get out there and, and, and showcase that.
4: Do you know
7: his father that played? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Played with the uh, Washington. Bullets. Bullets. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to say that word,
8: Bullets. but. i <laughs> 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 Josh, what were the
9: biggest changes
7: or tweaks that you did with your jumper or worked on it that would kind of help you get? I ain't no, th- I didn't do no tweaks, just repetition. I feel I shot the ball pretty well last year. Um, if From January to the end of the regular season, I-, I shot the ball well. Didn't shoot the ball as well as I wanted to in the playoffs, but I mean, i 33%, I think about 34% from the um, um, three-pointers, especially when I missed my first 12 or 13, How many? however many I missed um, coming into the season. I, I didn't try to you know, change too much and do too much in the summer. It's just well, staying confident and just repping it out.
1: Josh, when I mean, you look at just even hitting the first couple of threes and, and you had missed, missed three in a row, but you still launched the last one. Well, how important is that for you to, like, okay, yeah, I've missed a couple, but still got to be aggressive.
7: Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like once you lose your confidence, when you lose your aggressiveness, and that's when you're just going to keep missing because you're not sure. For me, like, my biggest thing this year is just to play with a open mind offensively you know, if I'm open, keep it simple, shoot it. If I catch the ball and I have a uh, lane, drive it. If I don't, pass it. You know, it's just three, it gives me three options and it's just easy to play basketball that way.
1: Last season, you came as a free agent and you were very new to the system, you know, Monty here, but now you're basically having some continuity with, you know, the attorneys and your book and, you know, we can count Kevin, but uh, what about being in Frank's new system uh, is, is difficult to kind of adjust to but still have some like
7: continuity from last year uh i mean i've played for five five head coaches so i mean i'm used to having to um change defensive schemes offensive schemes you know just just stuff like that so I mean, even with, with, with Frank, uh, it's a little different, but I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's still basketball. So when he explains it, it's not like it's something that I just never done before. It's just being able, like I like I said before, just be able to rep it out and just keep doing it. So it's now I'm doing it habitually. So under fatigue, I'm still doing this stuff. For, for example, like today, I'm um, going over to pick and rolls. I'm used to just chasing, chasing, chasing. Well, it was a couple of times where I was supposed to chase, chase and then peel back and, and switch, but I, I didn't do it just because I'm just so used to doing it this um, particular way. But it's not like I don't know how to do that. It's just being able to be aware of the situation and just and just execute defensively. It looked
10: like
3: you were pretty upset there in
4: the third quarter, but then you you scored seven straight points. So how much
7: confidence did that give you in that third quarter? I was just upset defensively I just know it was certain things that was going i ain't gonna i ain't trying to get fined in the preseason <laughs> but I just know it was certain things I was like man I, I didn't follow him or I was trying to tell him like he hooked my arm but they were just i mean but it's preseason but it's preseason for the referees too you know they're get, they're getting used to running those two three miles a game four miles a game and they have probably haven't done that you know all summer you know what I'm saying so it was just getting that passion back and just getting that I really wasn't even mad at them I was just trying to Again, know, the game gives some fire to the team. Just a
4: kind of principal thing as a defensive guy when you get whistled for
7: a call. Yeah, game. yeah, but it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> right,
9: thanks, y'all. y'all have a good night. night.
0: <laughs> um, he He, you know, was asked about his shooting, and and it, it's, you know, he, he was a great shooter uh, last season. And he's right, you know, he didn't shoot as great in the uh, playoffs, and I think that's kind of what everybody – Remembers the most, you know. He'd like him a little bit more clutch. Probably would have done a lot better. Um, but hey, it happens. Um, but I, I love Josh Ko- Josh kogi I think he's going to do great offensively. He said at the beginning. He said, "I know I'm going to be open a lot," and he is. He's going to be open a ton because everybody's going to focus on Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and and Kevin Durant, and even uh, Nurkic a little, a little bit. So um joshua koki is going to get a lot of looks and i love his uh, defensive uh, fire and tenacity so uh definitely a great player so
1: obviously you have a, a lot of on-ball responsibilities <laughs> creating offense and trying to get your own offense how did how'd you feel out there today in that and obviously you know playing with guys and you're still trying to figure out
5: them and they're still trying to figure out you oh uh, yeah i felt pretty good about it um just Obviously, we wanted to get the win tonight. Um, but, yeah, just getting familiar with each other, um, different groups playing together, um, just trying to um, just mesh and, and get that chemistry going before a regular season starts up.
1: Coach was saying that you're someone that he feels like going to have to you know, play you know, some, some minutes this year. I mean, uh, I mean being a two-way guy does it make you feel that the coach is already basically saying, hey, look, we're going to need him at some point this year.
5: Uh, you know I'm I'm grateful for it for sure. Um coach definitely um has talked with me and kind of my role and what he wants me to bring to the team and just being a, a defensive kind of mindset um and then just get people the ball and, and run the offense. So that's kinda um what I'm trying to do for, for this team. You mentioned
4: the defensive mindset. How do you feel you and the rest of the
3: team are kind of picking up a new defensive scheme and you know,
5: terminology and all that stuff? Uh, I feel like we're doing pretty good. Obviously, there's still some, some holes that we need to, um, I mean, not from, like, the coaching, but, like, as us as players just get used to it and being able to execute it. Um, I know definitely we messed up some coverages that we, we were supposed to do tonight, so um, just get more reps on that um, and just executing what coach wants us to do.
4: You On the offensive end, how
3: much of a focus is it to kind of penetrate and get to the rim, put some pressure on the defense in that way?
5: Oh uh, yeah, that's. I mean, my, my role is definitely getting to the paint and drawing defenders and trying to find find people on the weak side, find shooters, um, especially with the the talent we have on the offensive end. So just trying to make it easy for um, for everyone else.
4: The Suns have been were pretty good on defense last year, top ten. Uh, Frank Vogel's a defensive coach. How different is this scheme and how effective you can you can be with this with this rotation?
5: Um, I think we can be very effective, especially with the, um, I mean, we have a lot of long-armed guys um, just can get in the gaps, um, get our hands on the basketball, um, and just alter shots at the rim, passes. Um, so I feel like, especially with coaches' schemes and, and um, coverages, I feel like with the personnel we have, it's going to be a really good combination. Saban, so, how would you
8: feel like you did just in the training camp last week and the areas that you're working to develop as the season gets going here?
5: Um, I feel like I, I've done pretty well. Um, definitely still want to continue to make strides, um, be more efficient on the offensive end, um, and just continue to try and um, make the right read and the easy play. Um, just finding the open man.
4: It seems though in the defense you guys had a lot of tip balls today. Is that a part of the defensive strategy as far as getting in the passing lane, getting your hands out there, and pretty much um, trying to break up uh, the offense as far as getting tip balls and starting an offense that way? Yeah, we, Fast
5: breaks. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like the um, defense starts our offense. Um, Coach definitely wants us to get a lot of uh, deflections, Um, get our hands in the passing lanes. And I, I feel like that definitely disturbs um, the offensive rhythm. Um, So that, that definitely is an emphasis. How do you
1: feel about, you know, Bowles' performance? He came off the bench, had that fourth quarter spark, you know, that, especially that block, and you guys came in a couple lead to two, really fourth.
5: Yeah, Bo Bo's great. Um, you know, he definitely um just being staying ready and then coming in and having the impact he did was huge. Um he he he's a great player, works hard. Um, but it, it was definitely good to see him have a have a great spurt right there. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Thanks, Ed. Thanks,
0: Ed. All right. Well, uh that's uh everything, Sons. Um we'll go ahead and dive into some Cardinals uh uh real quickly uh and then that will be up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, uh Josh Wood spoke to the media Monday and and uh, I skipped over it, but I think it, it'll uh flow pretty well with uh today's uh show. Um and so we'll go ahead and get into it, especially, you know, the 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 comments that we heard were made about Nick Seriani. So, um Let's uh, jump into uh, Josh Woods, who is actually uh, going to, you know, should be available and, you know, as I said, ramping him up.
3: A game like yesterday as a defense, kind of how do you bounce back from that, especially the day after?
11: Um, I think you uh, – everybody has to look themselves in the mirror, you know. Um, but more than anything, uh, just be honest with yourself – Take away what you came from it. Um, But it's nothing we can do now. You know, it's on to the next week. So uh, continue to do what we've been doing. We've been in every game that we played. Uh, Continue to trust the process and uh, really just continue to have like a positive mindset, staying together, um, figuring out what it is exactly um, that each person can do individually in order to, you know, get the outcome that we all want.
12: More difficult is that when you guys already have a good amount of players that were out due to injury, but then in a game like yesterday, you've got Hamilton coming in and out with injuries. You lose Jalen Thompson. I mean, how much more difficult are those aspects you have to, right? Like, it's, it's easy to say next man up. It's another to do it and, like, be just as effective. Like, what are the challenges with a game like that with those injuries? Well,
11: you just have to trust that everybody on the team cares as much, you know, as those guys who are those great players, such as JT, Missing Buddha, LJ, you know, all those guys that, you know, we have out um, because it is that next man mentality. Um, But, I mean, everybody's getting those same, you know, mental reps. Everybody's getting those same coaching points and uh, just really trusting your guys. Like worrying about it isn't going to isn't going to help the situation at all. You know, so uh, just again, positive mindset, like that's really the biggest thing that um, I think we have and that we, you know, um, can continue to have in order to get where we want. Because if we go elsewhere, it's not going to go, you know.
13: Is, it, is that is more? Is it a little more difficult? If the losing were to continue,
1: the
3: positive mindset,
4: how do you keep that in your focus, if, if the team happens to lose?
11: Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a blessing to do what we do, um, to play the game that we play. Um, nobody likes losing. That's why we're all here. We're competitors, you know. So that's obviously not the, the outcome, you know. So that part isn't necessarily positive, but, you know, the ability to get better, the ability to have the opportunity to be out there and play the game that you love in front of, you know, X amount of fans um, and, and doing it with your brothers, guys that you love, um, the camaraderie, all of that, like that's the positivity that, you know, I'm more so speaking to field for the goal line stand? I
12: was. So what What were you guys discussing? What were you seeing? You know, the third and one the stop, the fourth and one stop, and you know, K-Von's running. Is I don't think
11: I can, can give you the verbatim, verbatim, verbatim things verbatim. that we were saying, but it was more so, you know, just like one one play at a time. One play at a time, one day at a time. One, You know, that's kind of, you know, that's our mindset here. That's our attitude. So it was just one more time, like, don't let them in. Don't let them in. And Um, Like I said, that's not exactly what was being said out there. Um, And, you know, to be quite honest, I might black out from time to time. So I don't even remember exactly what was said, but I can tell you it wasn't (laughs) PG-13.
0: When you have
3: a sequence like that, an emotional sequence, and the crowd gets behind you, and then a couple plays later, obviously, it goes the other way uh, with Josh's interception. How, How do you kind of rally your mind around that. You, you feel like you, you just did this great thing to push you in the right direction and it kind of gets turned.
11: Let's just go do it again.
3: Like I've, I learned early in my career from a former defensive
11: coordinator that it's just more TV time for us. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just another chance for us to go out on the field and you know, put on a show. So that's, it, we don't care where you put the ball down. We're gonna, play, we're gonna play defense, we're gonna hit, we're gonna run and that's what we do. So that's really the mindset as we take the field at that point. What
14: was the feeling of just getting back out there with your teammates and how you feeling now? Oh, after
11: phenomenal, that? I missed it. I missed it so much. It felt so good to be back out there with my guys. Um, just, you know, like I said, it's a blessing and you, you realize very quickly how quickly it can be taken away from you. So um, just appreciative um, of, you know, the training staff and everybody allowing me to get back and my guys having my back and, you know, just happy to be out there. I
3: was going to ask, like, you've been waiting so long to get this opportunity and then to get hurt in game one that must have played with your mind a little.
11: Went down a rabbit hole, but had to come back out of it. Um, I know it's a lot of guys that look up to me, uh, you know, around this building and, you know, just overall bat for morale. You know, if I'm sulking, like, it's, it's not about me. I'm trying to help the next guy, whoever's about to fill my shoes, which happened to be KB, and he played phenomenally for X amount of weeks, so. Um, Obviously, you know, battle with that. You know, it's, it's okay to sit in that, that night, you know, but when you come into the building the next day, like I said, like that positivity mindset that, you know, just being a light for everybody else around me. Okay, I can't impact the team on the field, so let me figure out a way to impact it off the field. I know
3: that uh, JG's talked, especially the first couple of weeks, he really harped on with us, like, okay, results are important in this league, but I'm about the process. And I go back to what you were saying, like the law, you don't want the losses, your, your your competitors and all that, but it feels like that message from JG can really help a team that is trying to grow together. And maybe you won't see the results you want week to week, but it's about the process of getting there. Yeah. So Nick actually,
11: Nick Rallis, our DC, just gave us a, like a little quote he took from someone else and says that when a flower is growing, the, ro- the roots grow first. So like, even though you might not see the outcome, the result that you want, the beautiful budding flower, like just know that that foundation is being set. So that's what we're hanging our hat on. That's what we're, you know, coming in every day to just trust the process, build this foundation. I mean, I've been a part of something very similar to this over in Detroit and those guys are rolling right now, you know, so um, you just trust the process, continue to get better, do your part to get better, you know, and it'll, it'll turn the corner. Do
0: you see that? I. I think I said previously, uh, Nick Sirianni. I meant met Nick Rallis. Uh I could have sworn they said something about Sirianni, but I, I like that the what they said there. And then, of course, you know more TV time for the defense. Now, that's no, necessarily what you what you want, but I guess you you can you know see see a, a positive in in everything, I suppose.
11: Happening with this team? Oh, absolutely. Um, but. I see us in every – like, we've been in every game that we've played. Um, and I don't think any team has just outright beat us. I feel like we've kind of beat ourselves in terms of just not executing things here or there or whatever. Um, so, like, there's there's hope in that, you know. It would it, be different if we were losing 50-0 to zero every week. Like, that's – it's a bit of a – we might need to change that process, but that's not the process. You know, that's not the outcome that um, we've been getting week to week. So, just keep chipping away at it.
13: I hope to
4: get
11: put back swimming against this week. Oh and man! Just
13: lifting mean,
4: everybody.
11: Absolutely, he's one. I mean, he's one of those guys that's just the the things that he does on the field are just how did he do that? Like you know, whether it's the practice field, game field, whatever, he's just a phenomenal player. So obviously, it's going to translate to more playmaking abilities and you know, hopefully, takeaways and big hits and all that stuff. Things to energize the team. Have you felt on this
14: grown?
11: A lot, a lot. He came in and he just was kind of running around with his with his head cut off. And you know, coach Coach actually put a uh, Coach Sam actually put a cut up together the other day of um, you know him taking some reps and just like doing all of the things that you know he's been trying to do or you know he's executing the things that we've been trying to get him to learn. And it's really good to see. Um, and the kid's a sponge, like he just wants to know. It's never like a, oh, but I saw this, or oh, but I I was thinking that. Like, okay, you're right, you're absolutely right. You've been doing this longer than me. I'll take exactly what you say word for word and I'm gonna try to apply it. So it's really good to see him grow.
8: How's your chemistry kind of developed with Kaiser? It seems like you guys have a good bond out there on the field.
11: Oh yeah, that's my guy. Um, I don't know, we we, we clicked instantly. Um, as soon as we, we got here in the spring, you know, we decided that We were going to do it. We're going to try to be the best tandem in the league. And um, we really push each other, whether that's on the field, in the classroom, um, and then also just outside of the building as well. I think a lot of camaraderie is built outside of there, um, much with most of my teammates. Is there a
12: difference of maybe a little more excitement when there's so many different packages of sometimes there's two D linemen or three or one linebacker or multiple on I mean, you. Does that make it a little more fun that you guys are constantly changing things on the field rather than having a set you know, formation you're
11: doing? Yeah, anything? absolutely, because it kind of puts them on there. Like, it makes them think a little bit. You know, like on defense you're kind of reacting to everything that the offense is doing, but it's like, nope, wait, we got a card, too. You know, it's like our own reverse card. <laughs> you know, it's like, nope, nope, right back at you. So it's pretty cool some of the things that we do schematically. Um, not to necessarily get into any of the de- not too many of the details, but it's really cool being able to have different guys fill different roles and them trying to, you know, maximize the amount of people who can help us on defense with those packages. Are there
1: times where you can really tell, like, man, we really got in their head that for that play? Oh,
11: absolutely. You can tell quarterback might get flustered or, you know, running back doesn't know which way to block or, you know, center looks, you know, everything play clock dri- drips down. It's, You can always tell. You can tell when they get flustered.
0: All right. Let's uh, go ahead and and move on to uh, Josh Dobbs, who spoke to the media uh, today.
15: What are the challenges moving forward with James out
14: for four weeks at least? Yeah, man. Um, Obviously, James is a playmaker on offense. He's been making plays throughout the season. So the young guys are going to have to step up and replace his production. Um, and there'll be a collective effort of guys and we're excited. Obviously not excited to see James go down, but I think um, watching those guys step up, like seeing how Amari stepped up into that role throughout the game. Um, was able to make plays first, second down, um, run the ball effectively when he got the ball in his hands. Um, Keontae as well get it, get back in there, um, get some more reps. So guys about to step up at that position. I'm excited how they approach the field today in practice and they'll be ready to go for Sunday. walk
8: through your decision making when it comes to running versus not running? Like yeah. What, 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 what do you need to see to do?
14: Uh, it? I think like uh, that's a lot goes into that, right? Like some plays are, you know, you're designed where you're reading a certain guy, right? A certain element of the field. And so if that element gives you uh, advantageous look to give the ball to the running back based off numbers, you're gonna give it to him. If he doesn't, then I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna run so um, it just depends on kind of like the play the looks there's also some plays where you know you get outside the pocket and then depends on how the defense is playing us right like they had a couple spies on some um, third downs and then guys did a great job of getting open downfield to convert so a lot kind of goes into it based on the play um, who my read is like where my eyes are um, and so I would say like a lot of times like before you when you catch the ball you, I don't know if I'm gonna keep it I don't know if the running back's gonna take it, right? It just depends on the look, the defense it gives, and then me reading, reacting, and playing ball from there. If
16: there's a spy on you, do you usually recognize
14: it? Yeah, you can recognize it. It just depends, right? Like sometimes, you know, there's just a guy standing in the middle of the field staring at you, right? Like, you know, like looking like Michael Myers in the middle of the field. You know that that guy probably has you. Um, Then, but then sometimes, right? Defensive coordinators are creative, you know, um, they can involve defensive ends and different guys into those looks where their hands are on the ground and at the snap they become that element underneath, uh, whether it's spy you or um, cover underneath routes or stuff like that. So it just depends, right? Depends on the look, um, what the defense is kind of throwing at us to kind of combat what um, what what we're doing, but a lot of times you're able to still take advantage of those looks with spies
16: four
2: films, how is it
14: getting ready for number 99? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a heck of a player, man. Like I've watched him from afar, from a long time in the league, being in the AFC, you know, I haven't crossed paths with the Rams. So now obviously in the NFC, a little bit different playing him twice a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he can wreck a game really fast. Um, crazy player. Like I remember uh, watching videos of him uh, while I was in Pittsburgh in the indoor training with knives and stuff. Like, so. Um, he's a he's a dynamic player, man. Been been a dynamic player in this league for a long time, and so as we've had to do, you know, throughout the year when we play, face dynamic players, you know, we're gonna have to obviously recognize that talent across from us, have a plan, and go out and execute it.
16: What's what's the plan to to try to avoid turnovers? You did a, such a good job. Yeah. On and things happen and they come.
14: Of you course, you, you know. It's football, football, right? Like that's part of the game now. Do we want that to be part of our game? No, not at all. And so it's just looking back at those situations, looking back of how I can be better, how we can be better as a team, you know, um, that's what it comes down to. Like you, know, you talk about the three that occurred uh, throughout the game that ultimately made the difference in the game, right? Like I talked about it after the game, you know, coming out the ball in that area after defense makes a huge stop. I can't put the ball in harm's way. Um, the next one, being, you know, trying to take a shot, trying to get aggressive down the field, probably got to get the ball a little quicker, understanding the situation, especially being first down um, to start a two-possession game. And then the third one, man, was fourth down, like, you know, trying to make a play. So that those occur, um, you know, kind of like a mini punt on that one. So that one's a little, little different than the other two. But situation, man, like, we got to be on our P's and Q's because looking back at the game, man, like, we're, we're in it. Until um, we're not, and the reason we're not was because of those turnovers. And so, as I said, Sunday, right? It starts with me taking care of the football, putting our team in a position uh, to win. And so, you know, when I do that, we've seen it. We play really good football, we're in games, and we, and we can win games as well.
13: It's not him. it starts with him. <laughs>
14: well, he, he he calls the play, but as the quarterback, man, like when the play comes in, understanding the situation. Ultimately, I got to make the best decision for the offense. So, um, you know, I, I, that's how I look at it, man. Like in those situations, just how can I always be better? How can I keep the offense in a good situation? You know, some calls. Sometimes the defense is going to get us right. They their de- defensive coordinators get paid too. You know, their players get paid too. But when they do, it's. I uh, never making a bad play worse. And so um, I'll be better in those situations.
16: Michael Wilson wasn't as, in, as involved after trending the right direction for so many weeks. Yeah. How do you get back on track with,
14: with Michael? I don't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on track. There'll be plays for him and opportunities for him. I wish he had more opportunities on Sunday. That's something I literally texted him after the game. I was like, hey man, like my first target to you can't be in the fourth quarter just with, as you said, right, the production that he's had, the growth that he's had over the last couple weeks. And so he knows that man and he, he had a great attitude about it which what I love about Mike man anything for the team he still his effort was still uh, tremendous he's all over the tape you know following the ball blocking downfield um, but as you said you know he's become a playmaker in the past game and my job as quarterback to get the ball in the playmaker's hand so um, there will be opportunities right to get him the football and when there are we got to take take advantage of those
16: this offense has been among the league leaders in play action percentage without a two-time Pro Bowl running back, is that a tougher sell right
14: now? <laughs> no, I still think we can run the ball well, man. Like we saw um, when Amari came in stepped in, we were still able to run the ball effectively. Now we might have to be create more creative, right? Because um, as we said, J- James being a two-time Pro Bowl running back, but you know, also one of the lead- leaders in rushing um, and really good with the ball in his hands. And so guys will have to step up to um, answer for that production. So um, it's a challenge on, on that room, and I'm excited to see them step up to that task and you know help us as well. You know, they start running the ball effectively; it'll help our pass game as well.
16: Couldn't meaning to ask you.
4: It's not out of line over the <laughs> summer. There were congressional hearings on UFOs and aliens.
16: Yes. Considering your background, <laughs> do you believe in UFOs and
14: aliens? I do not believe in UFOs and aliens. It was funny though. So when I got traded. Um, This is a crazy story. I was sitting uh, in my apartment, and so me and uh, my friend Trey Smith, who's um, a really good uh, offensive guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he's a VFL. We started a little podcast, talk ball, talk about stuff off the field. So he's a believer in UFOs and aliens. I'm not. So we were having a very tense debate uh, for one of our podcast episodes, even to the point where we had uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, because he's from Tennessee. He's a evolving. We had him on. He's giving us like the inside scoop, like the questions he's asking. And literally an hour into this podcast, I got that's when I got a call from Andrew Barry. I was getting traded. So I was like, hey, y'all, we're gonna have to finish up this conversation a little bit later. So uh, I still gotta get some more uh, information. But no, um, I'm not a believer, man. Um, that will I'll, I'll save that discussion for another time. But I'm not a believer.
9: Back to, a, oh. back to, a, back to a turnovers, just for a second.
14: What a, what a segue, right there. <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> but I'm
7: going to make you
4: answer this OK, one. good, good. <laughs> go ahead.
7: I, I, because they
4: happen in games, you don't, you're don't, you not thinking about them during a game, or, or if you have one, are you thinking, can't throw a pick, can't?
14: No. I mean, you can't play scared. like. Yeah. Obviously, uh, analytics, man, like before the game, everyone was talking about, you know, this many passes without an interception, all this stuff. But I don't play like that, man. I I don't play scared. I understand the nature of football. I understand um, stuff happens out there on the field. You know, stuff happens really good. Stuff happens really bad. As I say, each week is independent of your last uh, performance, but also each play is the same thing. You know, no matter what happened in the last play, good or bad, you still got to be locked in for the next one.
0: So Josh Dobbs, the astrophysicist, the one that's being contacted by NASA, does not believe in UFOs and whatnot. And then, yes, what a weird segue! Hey, back to back to the uh, the turnovers really quick. I mean, they they're like, "Thanks, Josh," and uh, you know, and and uh, he. But it was kind of cool that he allowed him to go ahead and ask his question. He's like, "Hey, I got you know one more." Normally, they said, "Thanks." And the player's gone, or that means it's over. But it was kind of cool that he allowed him to do that. Um, Amari DiMicardo, he he will likely be the lead back against the Rams. Uh, let's uh, hear from him of how he's feeling about that.
15: Getting a pretty good rhythm on that drive, like 8 yards, 9 yards, 11-yard touchdown. What what do you think it was that kind of spurred you
6: there in that to get the uh,
17: Like you said, just getting in the rhythm, you know, getting more and more carries, just be able to get the feel of the game. You know, most of my uh, – snaps have been like pass pro. So just being able to get in there, and run the ball, get better feel for the game. How comfortable do
16: you feel at this point? Like how much are you still thinking? How much are you just playing? Like what's your comfort level overall right now?
17: I think actually playing third down, you know, having to do pass pro has helped me slow the game down a lot because being able to process, you know, different looks, different blisses. So that's helped me in that uh, facet, but just translating that into the run game, you know, it's something I feel is very natural for me. So it's not hard to get out of that
16: it has it been going kind of from an undrafted guy to an opportunity that you
17: could have this one. Oh, that's huge, you know, something you work your whole life for and just to even just to be here, you know, without even this moment, but just be on this team, be, you know, active roster, just all the things that I've done, it's a huge accomplishment. What's your interactions been uh, like with JC since you he got here? And then has he given you any, any wisdom, any advice this week on how to handle things? Oh yeah, he's always giving me wisdom. Uh, From day one, you know, he's shown love, been a good vet, you know, just always giving me tips. You know, if I do something, you know, if there's there's a way I can do it better, you know, he tells me that. So just always being like that big brother type of guy.
16: What have you learned just by watching him?
17: Definitely how to work hard. You know, he has a work ethic like no other, and he's a great leader. Is, Is
16: one of your challenges to try and get the defense to still respect the play action? Because his team like leads the NFL in play action percentage and obviously James Conner is a big reason why, right?
17: Yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, play action is a part of our game. So just, you know, affect the game whenever you can, run game, play action, pass game. Just, we want to make everything look the same.
16: If you've been in on third down, then obviously you earn the coach's trust with your pass protection,
17: right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. So just being able to be in that part of the game, you know, it's more complex, you know, so having the game slow down for me, I've had to kind of forced into that position for it to slow down.
16: I think you'll have a moment at some point like, man, I'm a starting running back in the NFL.
17: Uh, I mean, I don't know what my role is yet, so we'll see. But, you know, if that moment comes, I'll definitely take that moment in. But at the end of the day, you still got to play ball. You having to fend off the
6: fantasy
9: football
17: (laughs) (laughs) question? Yeah, I've heard a lot of it. Uh, I don't really know much about fantasy, honestly. So it's just comments, you know, hey, I added you to my fantasy football team. I'm like, all right, thanks. Uh, I don't really know what else to
0: say. <laughs> I mean, what else can you really say? And, and, you know, hey, I've added him to my fantasy, both my fantasy leagues as well. No, I tried to claim him, but someone else did it. I think they did it out of spite. And, uh, and, and knowing that, you know, I had James Conner kind of go down. And so now I'm trying to make a trade uh, for him. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. in front of his locker also spoke to the media.
13: To be able to allow Amari to be able to just do what Amari does. Like, you know, I told him, like, yo, you're not here to be JC. You're here to be Amari. That's who they brought in. That's who they want. So you just do you. And then, you know, we fully believe in the backs that we have in the room until uh, until um, the JC until he gets back. You know what I mean? So we're fully confident. And
16: Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, the play action is working, right? What does it do for an offense? Just sort of give us football one on one, because you guys have led the league pretty much in play action percentage.
13: Yeah. I mean, so I love play action. That's, how that's one of my favorite things. Um, I feel like I feel like, especially as a tackle, um, one of the tackles on play action is usually out by themselves. So again, when, when you're by yourself, and that's usually the key block on a play action. When you own that end one on one and a whole lot of space, I find um, even since college. Um, and like Sorry, I'm calling. of I'm replacing up by my mind's everywhere. But sort of thinking, like, one of the huge things I learned when I first saw my top 30 visit here and I learned about the offense and how the Cardinals, they're really big in play action, reminded me of where I came from at Ohio State. And I learned the effectiveness of play action with the receivers that we had. And I know that protection takes a long time to get going. But when it works and you're, you're blocking that end and he stops his feet and he gives up, you're kind of laughing, like, okay, I know we're down the field. You know what I mean? So I guess one of those things where as long as the line just does their job, it's really the tackles. I mean, it's really the offensive line versus the corners. Who's going to hold up longer? So when you have that key block, when you're by yourself, whether it's me or it's Hump, I'm sure Humble says, I mean, it's an amazing thing. You kind of know, without even looking down the field, that it's a huge play. So that's why play action is so important, you know?
16: So what do you know? What do you hear about Aaron Donald in the challenge with 99?
13: Yeah, I mean, obviously I mean, he's a great player. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, it's something that, you know, the whole world knows, you know, but again, I think it, it just goes back to just to staying with their technique. You know what I mean? I think again, just starting to take the fight to them, you know what I mean? So again, because we're also in the NFL, it'd be different if we weren't, maybe it'd be a little more, you know, <laughs> it'd, it'd be a different approach. But again, you know, obviously he's a great opponent and, you know, I'm excited to play against him and I, and I respect him, obviously, he's, in, he's in, been playing league for 10 years you know what I mean? So, you know, so he's ultimate veteran. But at the same time, it's about, you know, it's, we're going to stay in our technique and we're going to do our job, you know?
16: I think you'll look back at some point and say, man, my first six games in the NFL, I, I played against some dudes, against some pretty big names. I mean, it's been a, quite a gauntlet of guys that you've had to go against.
13: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's something that I don't, I don't think about in a moment. So usually right after the game, when I'm talking to my family, like, man, like, I kind of I've started the season out like with, with like with some guys, and I think i been able to handle my own. i my able to have fun out there, and um, so I, th- I think I think it is kind of cool. You know, you're doing that. Okay, I, I I I I'm able to do this for a minute. You know what I mean? To start out, boom, boom, boom. And I think even I, but I think also helped in the preseason too. Just being able to start in the preseason, I'm, I'm thankful that teams that we, we played against, um, both in the games and the joint practice with the Vikings, that the ones were able to perform too on the defensive side. I think I think that that was helpful to be able to get those reps out the gate going against Daniel Hunter and the DMs from the Broncos and the DMs from the Chiefs and, you know, um, Davenport. I'm just going against these guys, you know, these ones. So I think just those uh, useful reps, it really, like, matures you, like, really fast. So going into the season, you're not thinking about it. You're just thinking about, okay, how can I help my guard? What, what kind of help am I going to have for my guard? And then how can I set it accordingly? And I just play with my fundamentals, you know what I mean?
15: Will was able to go out uh, after having the back issue at the end of last week. What's it yeah. mean to have the entire offensive line be able to start, finish all five games?
13: I'm sorry, can repeat that?
15: Will was able to kind of overcome the back issue yeah. at the end of last week, and now you guys are starting the five games as a complete you know, unit. he's yeah. missing time. What's it mean to you guys to be able to have that continuity throughout the season? Yeah, I mean,
13: I think just that I feel like we just have that flow. Yeah. You know, and I think um, when you're able to play with the same guys for long enough, you just kind of have that um, – you kind of have um, – you don't really have to speak on a, a lot of things because it's kind of understood, you know what I mean? So um, I'm thankful for that, you know, he was able to, to, to push through and do that, and now it feels great, you know, which I'm very, very thankful for. Uh, again, like you said, just the possibilities there.
0: I like that encouragement uh, at the beginning there, and it – it's uh, kind of communicating the assumed, hey, you don't have to be James Conner and, and no one's going to ask him to be. But it, it's one of those that, the you know, that uh, Amari knows, hey, I, you know, I, I can't be James Conner. He's a special back. He's been in the league for a while. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I've am i had some, some good runs in preseason. Whoa, 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 I don't even know he would even think that. But, you, you know, I, I like the fact that, hey, everybody's saying, hey, calm down. You know, and and get ready. Um, you're the next man up. Next man up mentality, but don't be James Conner because as soon as he tries to be James Conner, he's gonna fail. And so I, I like I like that encouragement. And uh, so it's it's good stuff. Um we're gonna uh, end with the players the same way we started. Defense with defense had the offense there in the middle, and go to well um, Nick Rawls and and J JG's guy. Keatro Clark.
16: What's your task now what's your challenge now considering you know the way things have evolved at this point in the season
6: Yep. Uh, I feel like it's the same as usual every day we have the attack today uh, making sure that we on the details and the little things uh, making sure that we're not beating ourselves man making sure that every game we not eliminate we limit we're limiting the explosive plays uh, making sure we, you try to win the turnover battle um, man and just play together as a unit in all phases of the game.
16: Gigi asked about Jamar Chase last week. He took a lot of the blame. Said it was coaching that he didn't give the secondary the tools to stop their best player. What would you make of that?
6: I mean, at the end of the day, that's I appreciate him for saying that. But shoot, we're the ones on the on the field at the end of the day, so we got to make the plays. Um, sometimes we might, sometimes it might not be the best call for certain situations that we may get in the game. But at the end of the day, we're the ones that got to execute. Um, so you know, we're the blame too as well.
3: What kind of challenges do they have at receiver for you guys, as far as defending their, their receivers?
6: Yeah, uh, as we know, uh, L.A. Rams they have a heavy pass game, uh, so the main thing for us is just making sure that we can test in those throws, um, not playing conservative, but we being aggressive on those guys and really winning at the point of attack, uh, and you know just playing our game and being confident as a as a back seven as well. So that's the main thing.
4: What's made a guy like Puka so effective so far?
6: Uh, I feel like you know he's a lucid route runner. Uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford trusts him, uh, so the ball has been going to him a lot. Uh, we, at the end of the day, like I said, we just got to play our game. Uh, no matter who we're guarding against, it could be Puka, it could be Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, former teammate of mine. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. We just got to execute in all phases of the game.
13: How is it just
4: to be able
6: to go up against Tutu? Hey, it's dope, man. Cause you know I, I played with Bro and. I practice against them. I've guarded them in practice, so it's amazing to you know see both of us evolving uh, at this next level. So it, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of this moment. What are you
16: finding out about NFL quarterbacks, right? I mean, you go from Dak to Purdy yeah. to Burrow, and, and now you get Matthew yeah. Stafford. Yeah. What, what, what what would you tell a college guy right now? What what have you found out about NFL quarterbacks?
6: Yeah, no, nah, definitely some of the plays that that you can make at in college at corner, you probably it's harder to make those plays in in the NFL because they throw into these tight windows sometimes in college when they see a corner like right there in the vicinity they might not throw the ball but at this level they're going to take a they're going to take a shot like their guy they trust their guy he got to make a play i got to make a play so that's the main thing is just making sure uh you know at the point of attack even though they're still going to throw the ball i just gotta make a play yep.
0: well the other part of it is in You know, in college, wide open is oh my goodness, extremely wide open, and for the NFL, um, wide open it's you know oh it's wide open, but it's you know it's the best of the best of the best, no matter who you are, Uh, and so that's another thing you can add to it. Let's go ahead and end this segment with Jonathan Gannon.
3: What did Amari show you in training camp that made you guys think this is a guy we want to run? Reliability,
0: <laughs>
9: effort, playmaking ability. Good teammate.
8: Last year in Tennessee, Kevin Strong played the most amount of games, but so far this season, he started the most amount of games. I know you've talked about his versatility and being able to put him uh, in different positions on the defensive line, but what has kind of stood out to you about him both on the field and in the meeting?
9: Yeah, he's consistent. Um, he's extremely intelligent. Knows what we're trying to get out of the calls and the techniques. Um, has a good skill set. Can knock the line of scrimmage back. Uh, can can rush when he's singled up pretty well. So he's playing. He's playing well for us.
8: How's he been able to jump in, knowing all the injuries that have happened to the defensive line? He's been great. So, so Josh mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, the other day the whole uh, flowers and roots kind of thing. And I know Nick.
9: Did that with the Eagles? Did did you say that to the
8: team, or did Nick Rallis did it? Or I guess Nick must have. In Philly Kevon obviously was mostly on the special team side. When you brought him in, did you know that he had this ability to jump in on the defensive side of the ball and produce? I did.
9: Yeah, he played. He played some some meaningful snaps in Philly for us. Started some games um, for a number of different reasons. He started some games for us, but yeah, he can he can play winning football back there for us. Glad we had him. He's one
8: of those guys that has shown a lot of accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, Post game, after the game against the Bengals, he took a lot of the blame for himself. What does that say about him as a leader?
9: Yeah, I I think that uh, everyone has their fair share of blame to go around, Um, even after a loss, after a win. You know, you want to be able to take the, as I say, take the arrow in the forehead and learn from it. That's the most important thing. Acknowledge the mistakes. Acknowledge where we got to get better learn from that, and move on, and improve that part of our, our all of our games. You
8: said after, after the game Sunday that you don't want the best player on the other team to beat you. It's happening twice, two weeks in a row now. How, how do you guys prevent that from happening?
9: Yeah, you got to make sure we put them in good positions um, and give them some tools that uh, they can defend uh, the way they need to defend to win a game. Is
8: that a game plan? Type <laughs> thing? Mm-hmm makes those two receivers so successful in like rookie Kua and Cooper Cutter. Really good
9: quarterback. Um, yeah, that would be the first thing that jumps out of my mind. And then, you know, off the tape, they're, they're good route runners. They're reliable, um, really good hands, um, but uh, good scheme to get them the ball in space. Uh, two really good players.
1: Is McVay's offense not, maybe a little similar to San Francisco in that they – they do a lot of things
9: before the snap, and they do a lot of moves and routes and motions. Yeah, there's, um, they, they move before the snap a good amount, like uh, a la San Francisco. But, um, you know, there's different trees out there, and guys have been, you know, different offensive schemes and things like that. He, Sean's different than anybody out there. You know, he puts his wrinkles out. What I think makes him special as a coach and play caller is, is you see him set up his offense week to week, year to year. Um, as the year moves on, he uh, accentuates his guy's skill set. So he's not going to do something because he likes to do it. He's going to do something because it puts his guys in position to make plays. That's why he's one of the best out there.
16: Aside from Aaron Donald, they've had a lot of change on their defense. What do you, what
13: do you see from that side They
16: of the play ball? really
9: fast, really violent, uh, play with really good technique. D-line is really good. Um, this scheme's good. I like their scheme. I think it's multiple enough, keeps you off balance, um, and they play well together. Is Steve
8: Mercado ready for like number one back snaps, or how do you how
9: do you Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll, whoever we have up playing, uh, they'll they'll get their touches and uh, kind of go from there. But he's doing a good job. When
8: you watch film of other teams on the league, are you one of these coaches that likes to take little things and implement it to what you're you're doing? Mm.
9: No, it, it's got to fit the players. You know what I mean. It's got to fit who you have playing and who you're playing. Um, but you're you're always trying to learn as much as you can and see if it can help you. Coach your
15: offensive line stayed mostly healthy throughout the beginning of the year. How important do you think that continuity is building?
9: Huge. Here? I mean, they're playing pretty well. You know, they got some things they need to work on, but you know, the run game's been pretty good, I think. And uh, they're the the more they. Get snaps with each other, the learning experience of that, and being on the same page and the communication. Um, the quicker and better that happens, the better off we'll be. And they're doing a good job. Clayton and Cookie, I think, are doing a good job with them.
14: Would you toss just inside the running backs room, knowing Connor's
8: out, the potential for them to get more reps?
9: I'm excited for him, honestly. You know what I mean. You got to be be ready to go when your number's called and. Uh, um we'll get keante back here this week so we'll see how he does this week but uh excited for him too and um I'm ready to go
0: i i like how and i didn't say this before but i like i like how you know coaches take ownership but the the players and of course you know the, it goes back and forth all the time but the players is like no no, no. it's us on the field we you know we got to do better appreciate that the coach is taking ownership but it's us on the field and and I like that and you know you can you, when teams do that you can see that there's uh, good chemistry good relationship be, between player and coach um well the last thing we're going to do is, is get into some some Suns and so we'll go ahead and and uh, do that uh, next uh, some Suns some di- Diamondbacks um Even though the game's going on, it's 0-0. You know, kind of get us pumped up about the Diamondbacks. And that's up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. I don't know why I said suds. But anyway, Diamondbacks up next. All right. All right. On the Wolf and Luke show uh, with uh, Luke and Jody Jackson still filling in for Wolf, they talk about the Diamondbacks and talk about who has been the most important player. I believe they're going to say uh, Corbin Carroll, but uh, you can arguably say, well, uh, play not player, but group of players, the bullpen uh, has been the most important. That's what I would be saying, but let's see, let's see what what they have to say.
15: Power polls in one day. What is what is this world coming to, Jody Jackson?
10: I don't know. It's a lot of lists here in this show.
15: It is. Well, I'll tell you what. Ranking do...
10: people, ranking teams, but this is good stuff. Well, this is
15: good debate. This is the right time. To... <laughs> we don't. We never compare when we do these during the break ahead of time. But I could hear you over there talking <laughs> to yourself as I like, was. Do coming we have up... the
10: same people here? Like, or... I don't
15: know that we do. Now that I hear some of the names, look, the the, the topic here is most impactful Diamondbacks so far in these playoffs, which has only been four games, but it feels like it's been, like, a dozen at least. Yeah. So we will count up from number five. There's a lot of different ways mm. to go with this, and I will be altering my list as we go, actually, but that's why I'm going to make you go first because you're okay. the guest. All so right, this so is number five. This is number
10: five. Number five. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Alec Thomas I had three on my thought I had the four cemented and then I had three different guys in the mix for my number five if I'm allowed to s- so I'm turning this into really eight okay <laughs> which is so i have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Paul Sewald, and Alec Thomas and I kind of like the defense that he brings and then the two homers and I like the progression of what Alec's been doing in the big moments here I'm going Alec Thomas
15: I as you were talking switch my list six more times okay
10: this is uh, a good problem, right? Yeah, like- <laughs> it is.
15: Yeah, you don't want to be like, well, we've got one player and we've the season's been over for a month. We wouldn't be playing this game if the D-backs weren't in the playoffs right now in the position they're in. Um, can, I, can I go here with my pick? Uh eh, not hitting great.
10: It's hard to rank them,
15: actually. <laughs> it is. Well, in the rule, and I should have said this, you can't just say bullpen. Like, if you're going to go bullpen, yeah, you got to name you gotta,
10: names, uh, right?
15: Yeah. You know what I'm going to do at number five, and I'm pretty sure he's not on your list. Okay. I'm actually going to go with Cattell Marte. That's a good one. Because he, and his, it's not like his average has been amazing. He's hitting 278. That's fine. But the home run that he has one home run, but it was very impactful. Um, he's got nine total bases. That's third on the team. I just feel like he's coming up in big moments and delivering, making some plays in the field. Um, but like you said, you could probably do this list one through 12 and come up with good ones. I'm going to go Cattell at number five. Okay? That's a good one. Now okay. I'm going to buy time until I can find the sounder. Number four.
10: I – oh, a little bit of a, a tail on that electricity one. Electricity there at the end, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Thompson. Uh... Did you have him, too?
15: Yeah, I have him number four, too. Should we just uh take he, this as a team?
10: Yeah, I mean, he's just – he's gotten some huge outs in the middle of jams, and even when he himself had an error the other night, and then he gets a double play, gets Freddie Freeman to uh, roll into a double play there. I mean, he's just – he's got the funky delivery. He throws strikes. He's been a great addition, and he is like – when Torrey has called his name so far, it's been – Just, hey, cleaning up whatever mess is out there or starting a clean inning, he's done the job.
15: He's coming in some high-leverage situations. Um, In terms of bullpen, he's thrown more innings than anybody with four innings through these four games. He's appeared in three of the games. He has three holds in those three appearances, if you're into that sort of thing. But it's what you just said. He's coming in in key moments and getting out of jams. And some of those jams aren't even his doing. You know, He's getting out of somebody else's uh, situation that they created. You know, could the D-backs
10: get out D-brooms?
15: That was uh, Eric Ruby, and I kind of like that, actually.
10: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, D- Are there going to be some brooms in the house tonight? Somebody's got to bring, bring one, Can you right? bring those in?
15: I don't know. In Maybe your clear bag? Um, <laughs> as far as, as Thompson, though, the other part of this is he has been somebody that you can count on almost no matter what's going on. He's yeah. been able to step in there. And he's just, he's, uh, I, you got to have a guy like this. Like the teams that go deep in the playoffs, I've said this before, even if you're not a fan of that team, but you're just watching the playoffs, you start to get a sense of their relievers. And with the Diamondbacks, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Ginkle's going to be out there in the eighth. and Paul Sewell's going to be out there in the ninth. And Ryan Thompson's going to be out there if they're in trouble. And he keeps getting out of trouble.
10: Can I give an attachment to Ryan, Ryan Thompson at number four is the schedule makers? Because the off day allows him to be, I think, available again. I don't know. I mean, they have to check with these guys every day, see how they're feeling, how the arm's feeling, but the schedule has benefited the Diamondbacks. The schedule
15: has definitely benefited the Diamondbacks. All right. Uh, let's see. Go on to number three here. Number
10: three. Three. I'm gonna go with Merrill Kelly and uh, didn't let the Dodgers come back into that game. Yes, he had a big lead, but we finally got to see him in a postseason game and uh, he was waiting for that game one of the NLDS and didn't allow any bit of the Dodgers lineup to come back into that game. I know that again, I know they had a huge lead, but still, I'd love to see it. And I'm uh, looking forward to see him in the uh, NLCS.
15: Um, if, wow. Look at that. <laughs> I don't want to see him again in this series. Cause no, you know, no, that no. would mean bad things. Yeah. But. We don't need to see him until uh, next week. Uh, number three for me, I'm going to go with Paul Sewald. He has made three appearances. He has three saves. He has given up zero runs. You could not ask any more from your closer and, what he's done for this bullpen since they brought him in and slipped everybody else into the positions they're supposed to be in, in that bullpen. It's, it's been huge, but look, Jody, that that's game, a good
10: one. Yeah. I had them. I have him on my list too.
15: We, we've been joking about this for a while. The Paul Seawald experience on this show of like, okay, here we go. It's the ninth inning. He's, he's going to hit somebody. He's going to put a guy on third and then he's going to get the save. He always gets the save, but he's going to get into some, some sticky situations too. Um, if I remember right, he went 1-2-3 last game in the ninth inning. Yes. And I was clean. in such shock that, like, the game ended and they were the, the, yeah. the TV was, like, was over, and I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> one, <laughs> and,
10: two, they three. did, you know, he didn't allow Mookie by being clean with that inning. He didn't allow Mookie to come up there, and that's exactly what you needed to happen, yep. you know. And, and they have, even the best closers allow a Lalla base runner. You know, they face four guys, and it's okay. But I'm glad we didn't see Mookie there.
15: Feels like, yeah, me me too. In a four to two game. Mookie means Freddy, and that's, yeah, it's just not great. All right, on to number two. Number two. We might have the same time. I'm
10: going with, yeah, the top two, I think, might be. Kind of obvious. Uh, I don't know what order you have in. Um, maybe a different order though. Maybe. I might be going out. On, I might be going different here. I'm going with Corbin Carroll at oh, number two. Okay. I know it's really hard. I, don't know because why I yelled like that. We had the <laughs> Lou Gehrig uh, comp yesterday with the production that he's had, and here I am picking him number two. But I guess he could easily be number one. But Corbin Carroll with his 500 batting average, two homers. I had it all listed out here. It's like big numbers. There's like, you know. Hits, walks, it's all five through seven. You know, he's had walks, hits, you know. RBI, extra extra base base hits, hits, wins. And then just, again, for me, it's more the feeling. When he comes up or when you know he's coming up, when you know he's coming up in the next inning, you just feel like there's hope if you're down or you can tack on if you're up. And, you know, we know he does a nice job on defense as well, so.
15: It was uh, seven hits, six runs, five walks, four RBI, <laughs> 14 wins, three extra base hits, and two home runs.
10: Yeah, and, there you go. Uh, that was I knew it was like seven, six, five. and I um, wasn't. I knew it was seven hits and then five walks. The walks have been just as impactful.
15: Well, yeah, when he gets on base, it's not just like some dude standing out there at first, and then he turns around and goes in the dugout. He's probably going to steal second and get to third. Um, let the record show that being as good as Lou Gehrig only gets you number two on Jody's <laughs> list. I will have Zach Gallon at number two. He's 2-0. Two oh. His first two playoff starts are, are both wins, and uh, especially you know last time out was, was huge. He hasn't been dominant by any means, but he has been, even when he's not at his best, He's two and zero in the playoffs, so this is any anybody who had any belief that this team could do some damage in the playoffs, they were hinging those hopes on the fact that Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen were going to be, uh, you know, just absolutely difference makers, and they have been so far on the number one. Number one,
10: numero uno. Unbelievable. That's where I'm going, Zach Gallen, for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, Luke. He, again, like Merrill Kelly, finally gets that chance to pitch in the postseason, and he has been up to the task. And, yes, that first outing in Milwaukee, a little shaky early, a lot of pitches, and yet then was in control, and you really like to see that from him. And he was on the attack against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium which is exactly what he needed to do there and got his first win at dodger stadium again he's had some decent outings against them but kind of got over that hump and he's been exactly who they need him to be and that isn't always the case with playoff pitchers and i'm not taking i hate to take a shot at clayton kershaw because he's like one of the nicest humans but he's a great example he has not been at his best many times in the postseason things change in the postseason the pressure uh, gets to some guys, and they just have a bad day. Zach Allen knows there's no error, there's no room for a bad day.
15: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's you, you can't go wrong really with either of these top two. I'm gonna go with Corbin Carroll for pretty much all the reasons you laid out before, and I'll just tack on that. He drove in their first two runs of these playoffs, and so much of this experience is new for all these guys, and even even, even those of us watching, right, with the D-backs. It's been a while, um, but to, to break up Corbin Burns' really good uh, starts in game one of that uh, wild-card series and really just get things going and not look back, I mean, the guy's hitting 500. he He's been on base 12 times already in four games. I, I, if we were doing a list of the top five players in the uh, the majors right now in the playoffs, he might be number one.
0: Yeah, uh, the uh, you know, uh, I agree with a lot of those names. I'm gonna try to do mine real quick, uh, and I mean real quick because the Diamondbacks have hit uh, three solo shots, not all right in a row, but they have hit them, and Diamondbacks are up three nothing, um, and it's feeling pretty good already in the uh, in the third. But anyway, uh, I, I say number five, and I, man, I need to find someone that I can rip maybe that their sound or find a good, you know, number one, you know, and all that. Uh, but number five, my number five is is going to have to be, um, it, it's going to have to be, let's see. Um, let's go with, um, uh, uh, Ryan Thompson, uh, I, I think uh, I, you know he's he's hasn't given up any runs. He's part of that bullpen, um, and and every time he's come in, he he's gotten it. And he's a rookie. He's rookie. You know what else? Uh, more can you ask? Um, let's go ahead. Wow, that's four straight, four home runs in this inning. Just have just happened. Sorry, uh, and I missed it trying to give my list. Um. Number four, um, let's go ahead uh, with uh, another, another uh, uh, bullpen arm and uh, um, Kevin Ginkle. Um, uh, so kind of the same thing, you know. You can uh, press repeat for uh, uh, um, uh, Ryan Thompson, uh, but you know he goes out there and he does the job. And you know he know he can. Um, and then, uh, number three, Paul Seawald. Uh, you know, again, you know, and, and it, you notice those guys are seven, eight, 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 nine, you know, but that that's what you can expect. But, and I'm not going like that on purpose, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe you can switch, uh, you know, Ryan Thompson for Ginkle, because I think maybe Ginkle has given up an under run, but I don't, I, I know Paul Seawald and, uh, Thompson have not given up any, uh, any earned or unearned, neither of them given up any um, earned runs. Um, but though those are uh, three, I'd say two uh, is has got to be um, Zach Gallon um, for obvious reasons. He's two and zero. Oh. Um, and then uh, number one is definitely got to be Corbin Carroll. I mean, the Lou Gehrig. You know, I saw, I heard that same stat that there's been no player that's done what Lou what Corbin Carroll has done, and I don't know all the numbers I don't have in front of me. I'm just uh, I'm trying to kind of be quick here so I can watch the game if I'm being honest. Uh, that uh is sense Lou Gehrig. And whenever you're in that company, you have you have to be number one. So that if you I don't know if you if you like their list, uh, whether it's Luke's better um, or Jody's better, maybe mine better. I don't know. Um, give me your list, please do. Um, I would love to to hear them. Um it uh at Big Sky Sports Talk for uh Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh uh YouTube, you can shoot me a message, you can shoot me an email, um, big Sports talk at gmail.com. Give me your list. I you know, let me know if you thumbs up, thumbs down on any of those lists, those players. Obviously you can't go wrong with with anybody. Um and right now you 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 can't go wrong because Diamondbacks are hitting home runs after home run after home run right now. Uh, it is absolutely insane. Uh, that is four, four. It's four to nothing if I'm reading that right. I can't believe it. This is this is crazy. It's like repeat of of uh, game one going on right here. Anyway. Um. So yeah, you you give me your list. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so distracted. i I try to give you guys my all every time, and I'm so distracted, but uh, I have to get a pass, right? Um, but uh, anyway, I, I appreciate you guys as always. Um, Spotify, Inst- uh, Spotify, answer Inst- right? Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, uh, all places that you can uh, find the show and, and listen to it. Um, and then, uh, like I said, uh, share it, share the show, um, do whatever you can to get the word out, uh, about, uh, what, what we're doing over here at Big Sky Sports Talk unofficially presented by Muya Billings. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh. Get on uh, off of here and enjoy the game. I hope uh, you know. Obviously, you're listening to this. The the game's uh, already over, but I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, if you're a Dodgers fan and you won, if you won, then then I hope you you know. Uh, I hope you lose uh, today, tomorrow, whenever. Um, go Diamondbacks, and I appreciate you guys as always. I know that that was a train wreck. Uh, Like, follow, comment, and share. Thanks.